Good morning. My name is Debbie. I am a compulsive overeater and I am your moderator for this workshop. The topic of this workshop is the promises. Let us speak. Please start with the serenity prayer. We can't hear you, Debbie. Can you I hear, hear her. I can hear her. All right. I can hear her. Take two. Good morning. The topic for this workshop is the promises. My name is Debbie, and I am a compulsive overreader. I can't hear you. Well, then that's your problem. Can you guys hear her? That, that's their problem, because I can hear her. I can hear her. So that's someone's wrong. having a problem with their, with their thing. Uh, we'll start, and Linda will try to fix what's going on. Because I'm, my name is Debbie. I am a compulsive overeater and the moderator for this workshop. Our speakers are Linda and Laura. Can we please start with the serenity prayer? Deep breath in, let it out. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. In this workshop, each speaker will have 20 minutes to speak, and then will be available for questions. This session is being interpreted simultaneously into French, and thank you all the French interpreters. If you prefer to listen in French, please click on Interpretation Simple and choose French. We also have the closed <clears throat> captioning available. Click on live transcript. Audio from this recording, from this session is being recorded and will not be edited. By speaking at this workshop, you've given permission to be recorded. If you wish to remain anonymous, please use the, sh or please share using a fictitious name or don't share at all. Please respect the anonymity of others by not taking screenshots and not recording this session. During this session, the attendees will be muted. And during the speaker's portion, you will be able to chat only with the host. Please rename yourself using your first name and last initial. Feel free to add your state, province, or country. If you are eating or moving around, please stop your video. To our speakers, the timer will give you five minutes remaining and when your time is up. Please remember that you are being interpreted into French, so please speak totally. The timer for this meeting is Marlene. Our first speaker is, I don't know which lady is speaking first. Linda. Linda. Our first speaker is Linda. Thank you very much for your service. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Linda. I'm a compulsive overeater and a food addict. And um, I'll start with some of my uh, statistics. I'm, the, uh, I'm 75 years old. I am the eldest of five siblings. Um, I arrived in OA February 1982 at the age of 34. Um, my weight was in approximately the 300 pound range. I did not remember to get pictures, so it just is what it is. 
uh, I came in, I was um, anxious, stressed, unable to work with their, with others. I had married an alcoholic and had two children and I left an abusive marriage and uh, everything was doing very well for a very short period of time because that was called what I call a geographic cure. Um, when I got, when I came to OA, I got abs, oh, sorry. When I came to OA, I got abstinent right away, but I did not work any of the steps. So therefore, uh, I relapsed when uh, family issues arose and I did not regain my abstinence until February of 1992. And I have maintained that abstinence for 30 years and a few months. I've lost over a hundred pounds and I've maintained that weight loss for 15 years. I'm gonna start right in with the promises. The first promise, we are going to have a new freedom and a new happiness. When I walked into the doors of OA all 40 plus years ago, I was a basket case. I couldn't, I was functioning, but barely. I screamed and yelled at my children. And I was close, I was close to being fired from my job. I almost punched my manager in the face, which wouldn't have been a, had a very good outcome. I heard at the newcomers, um, meeting that um, this fellow described how he did his food plan and I realized that it was a design it yourself. Now that I got right off the top that that didn't mean you could do whatever you wanted but I wasn't rigid in that I would have breakfast, lunch and supper and I would uh, just have those three meals. Um, my meal plan how led me to a good grocery list. That gave me the first insight to freedom from the obsession of food. It was, it was such, I didn't even realize it at the time. Um, when I arrived, there were no um, OA 12 and 12. We had the AA 12 and 12 and the big book. And that, um, but I didn't read any of those books at the time. Promise number two, we'll, we'll not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. I spent many years, many, many years angry about the situation that I found myself in. My sponsor had me uh, pray, the, per, the, the vain anger was faced, excuse me, the main anger was placed on my ex-husband and my sponsor had me pray for peace, happiness, and prosperity for him. I did, and I told God that I didn't mean a word that I said. However, after two weeks of doing that, the anger started to leave. And I started to understand, <clears throat> pardon me, that if I was angry, if I hated what had happened to me and I didn't want the life, I also didn't want my children and I loved my children. Um, when I came in, they were um, eight and a half and 10. So they were young when I first arrived to OA and that involved how that would be how I treated them. 
some days really, really well and other days very, very poorly. And this helped me to move forward. We will comprehend the word, comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. So serenity was not an easy thing for me to find. Um, I didn't particularly understand how I could do this. So I'm going to read a couple of paragraphs from the For Today, page 297, October the 23rd. Being human, however, I still bring discord into my life. I sometimes get angry over my own and others' mistakes. I argue over minor matters as though my life depended on it. I eat too much and hate myself for it. Thank God I can accept all that today. I am a human being and a compulsive overeater, recovering one day at a time. And once I realized that I was a human being and not going to be perfect, I understood that serenity will come and go depending on my day. And I had to learn. And I did. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. My first sponsor helped me understand what I had to share was very worthwhile. I really didn't feel as if I had any importance in the world. And the second thing I learned that service, service is one of the most important things that saved me and kept me in this program. From doing service at OA and above, it was intergroup at the beginning, I learned confidence. I learned skills. I learned the ability to work with others. And all of this helped me to continue on this journey of recovery. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. I used to believe that the world was against me, that I was a victim. And so if somebody said something, I took it personal. Now, I understand that part of this disease is that my feelings are very intense, but most people, including myself, they aren't worried about the other person. They're more concerned with, I'm more concerned with myself. And this was a very good thing to be able to understand and move forward. That gift came to me about 15 years into program. I struggled quite a bit. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. I focused on myself all the time. I, I believed I was the center of the universe. I wanted to tell everybody who I was, all the issues I had, and how difficult my life was. And as I started to work this program, and I started to do things for others, I was able to move past that selfishness and self-centeredness so that I could become a useful um, OA member and member a useful service to my family, the people I worked with, and my fellows in OA. Self-seeking will slip away. As the eldest of five, I did not have, excuse me, I did not have the courage to speak up. I came to OA very, very um, um, cowardly. Um, I didn't know how to stand up for myself. I wanted someone else to do it for me. 
and I couldn't speak up. So I always wanted to be, hear me, hear me. I need you all to hear me. And I wanted to be at the front of the line. I wanted to be the first to say something. I would go to meetings and I'd share first so that I could listen to what others had to say. When I started doing service, I understood that my skills gave me uh, courage to be myself. And very, very slowly, I started to let go of that need to be heard and seen. It still arises from time to time, but it's such a relief to let go of. Our whole attitude and outlook will change. I, I could not believe after 20 years in program how positive my life had been. I came in a victim. I was no longer a victim. I could see how things were in my life. I could see that I was, I was doing okay. I didn't get everything I wanted, but I got what higher power wanted me to have. And I had an experience once. Um, and I was, I, I worked in a financial institution. I was a bank teller. And I, in my head, I was spinning, needing a promotion, et cetera. And there was a booming voice and it was my higher power saying, have patience, my child, have patience. God had a plan for me. And it was that time when I was able to relax a little bit and see what the journey was that I was going on. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. This one is probably the most important one. When I started writing out my food and having breakfast, lunch, and supper, I was spending every dime I had on food, including all my child support. And as I stopped binging and purging, as I was following this plan of eating, even during my 10 years where I was trying to get abstinent again, I still had more money than I would have had if I was still in the disease. So I would put, make sure that I put the appropriate amount in the seventh tradition. And I didn't for a while in, um, I can't remember, I can visualize where I was, but I can't, it was in the late nineties and things would get really bad. And so then I would pop it in again, I would put the seventh in and then things would settle down. So I did a test. And every time I held back on the seventh tradition, I felt fearful about my economic situation. So I always make sure that I do my seventh tradition on Zoom. I do e-transfers to my meetings. It's one of the most important things that saves my sanity around financial security. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. So I came in at 34, a complete food addict without even knowing that I was a food addict. And I behaved like a 15 year old. I had temper tantrums. I didn't know how to get along with anybody. I was just, I was just a mess. I couldn't make a decision for fear of making the wrong one. Everything was difficult. I come home from work on a Friday night and I go, I just am so tired of this. Couldn't somebody else take care of this for me? Couldn't somebody else do this for me? Today, I am so grateful that I am able to work with others. 
I am able to take care. I'm 75 years old. I can manage my own finances. I managed to save for my retirement. I managed to raise my children. I held down my job uh, for 35 years and, and six or eight months. I really and truly did phenomenal things as I reflect back on the past. All of this is a direct result of working the OA program. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Today, I see things that everything in my life is God-driven. I could not function in a way without first talking to my higher power. I had a chat with him this morning. And yes, him, for me, it doesn't matter. It just is the, is the pronoun that I had used all my life, and it's harder to change. And he is giving me the words. My first sponsor told me, speak. Whatever comes out is what is supposed to be there for whoever's at the meeting. You don't have to remember everything that happened in your life. It's next to impossible. So normally, I have scripted myself a little bit today so that I could, I could do this differently. But I've just got bullet points so that I can speak what comes to my mind. My journey of recovery has been a very big gift to me. I don't believe uh, when I relapsed, I had lost half my body weight. When I at the end of three years, I spoke at meetings, but it was all about weight because I had not worked any of the steps. I can't I, when and I never left away. I just tried to run the show and it didn't work really well for me. And in 1992, 1991, I got a second sponsor. My first sponsor had to leave the program. When I got my second sponsor, one of the requirements was that I had to go to a step study and I had to call her every day. I didn't, nothing about food. I, the food we weren't working, worrying about at the time, we were just working about the, the steps. That was in November of 1991, and by February 28th of 1992, I was able to put down the food and continue on this journey. I weighed over 300 pounds by the time I put that food down. It was probably the hardest thing I ever had to do. There's um, no going... Five minutes left, please. Thank you. I, I don't believe I have another recovery in me. I protect my abstinence with all the effort that I can. At the beginning of the promises, it says, if we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. I could never have imagined the life that I would have today. This statement never made sense at the beginning of my journey. You too. But today... I can see this promise coming true. Before my parents both passed away, I was able to make living amends to them. They trusted me enough to, to be their power of attorney and the executor on their estates, which was something they would never have done if I hadn't come to OA. They trusted me. When they didn't, as a teenager, I was, I was uh, very, wasn't wild by today's standards, but I was... Uh, unacceptably wild by my parents' standard. Um, I have two children, a son and a daughter and a daughter-in-law. I have six grandchildren and two great-granddaughters. None of those people would speak to me today if I was the person I, that came through the doors, if I was living. 
I have, I have relationships with my siblings and we're all happy to see each other. How did I accomplish these promises? How did they come true for me? I have contact with my higher power, the God of my understanding. And that is a very important piece of information. I got a sponsor and I sponsor. I do service at many levels and I can't say enough about doing service. It gives, I will reiterate, it gives, gave me skills that allowed me to grow on my job and become a higher level that I, I would never have happened to me if I had not come to OA. I go to meetings. I went to step studies, big book studies, conventions, and other OA events. I have a food plan. I am honest with myself. It really doesn't matter if I'm sorry. It really doesn't matter if I'm not, if I'm honest with you. The person that's most important for me to be honest with is me. I meditate. I write and read OA literature. I honor my commitments to all I volunteer for. And I have learned over the last two years that I have to restrict a bit of volunteering and pick the service that I say yes for. If something better comes along, I have to say no because I have made a commitment. I use most of the tools all the time. It, for me, if it hadn't been for service, I wouldn't be here. I, when I relapsed, I didn't leave away. I came back. I came back every week. I helped set up the meetings. There was one time that um, near before I got my second sponsor that a bunch of people knew came and some of them were from another 12-step program. The next week they came back and they voted me out of all my service and I had no choice but to go and study the steps. And for me, step studies are reading, discussing, reading, discussing, learning who I am, what the information in the 12 steps means to me, whether it's um, AA or OA. I really believe that my life was saved because of Overeaters Anonymous. Today, I am a 75-year-old woman in good health, able to take care of myself, and I volunteer at the um, meeting level, the intergroup level, region six level, and I'm on a work um, committee at World Service. One minute, and Linda. Thank you. And I am so grateful to be here today to do this service. Have a wonderful rest of your convention and thank you all for hearing my story. Thank you so very much. And now, Laura. Good morning. My name is Laura. I am a grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater one day at a time. Um, the promises mean an awful lot to me. Um, I'm a relapse survivor. Um, and briefly, I came into these rooms of Overeaters Anonymous in September of 1985, kicking, screaming uh, <clears throat> at a marvelous size of 409 pounds via a suicide attempt, uh, via a um, 
psychiatric hospital that had a eating disorder unit that they told me I should go to the eating disorder unit. And I was so defiant. And I said to them, I don't need to go down there with those fat slobs. I know how to go on a diet. I was 409 pounds. Give me a break. <clears throat> but you know what? <clears throat> I said to them, okay, I'll try it. So I did. And I went down there. And within 10 minutes of me listening, I knew I was home. I knew I was in a place where I belonged. Tell me that wasn't one of the gifts that I received in part of the promises, was knowing I belonged someplace where I never felt I belonged ever in my life. Um, and I'm not even gonna go into the history of, I grew up in a family where I was the oldest I had. I had a younger sister that's seven years younger and there was a, a boy born in between that passed away uh, when he was a few hours old. And of course my parents were very angry. I just did not understand that all my life, how angry they were over that, upset over it. And um, as an adult, understanding that. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> so, I'm going to go through the promises just like Linda did and how they affected me in my life and how they affected me uh, in my recovery. When I went into relapse, I did not stay in the rooms. I left being betrayed by someone uh, at work after I retired and I figured I'll show them and I ate and I gained a matter of uh, like 90 pounds in relapse. I presently weigh 140 pounds. I weighed myself this morning. I range between 138 and 140. So I am uh, approximately 269 pounds that I have gotten. Laura, please yes. speak, please speak, speak slower. Okay. Yeah, I can't, for some reason, I can't see Michael doing this. He's right <clears throat> beside you on the screen. I can't see the screen. All I see is a black and white thing. Okay, so, just speak slower. <clears throat> okay, thanks, Karen. Um, so uh, for me, um, I do have a new freedom and I do have a new happiness in my life. Um, I came from a marriage that was, um, I'm a survivor of domestic violence. Um, I left in the middle of the night with two little kids. So um I used my hands on my kids. So program also told me how to sit on my hands, not only not to have, not to uh, use the food to sit on my hands, but how to sit on my hands and not use my hands on my children. <clears throat> so um, today my children are, I'm going to be 75 in, in January. And my daughters will be, my younger daughter will be 50 in January. And my other daughter will be 53 <clears throat> in January. Um, I have a life today that's pretty well beyond my wildest dreams. Not perfect, but definitely beyond my wildest dreams. I am... Um, and the promises promise too. I'm not going to regret the past and I'll shut the door on it. <clears throat> I too, if it wasn't for 
my ex-husband, um, you know, I had a child at a wedlock <clears throat> that he adopted, my older daughter. Um, if I did not have her and I did not have my other daughter, you know, um, because of him, I have them. Um, I have an incredible relationship with my daughters today, considering the situation of how I was with them in the beginning. Um, this program gave me that life. It taught me, um, you know, I didn't have that blueprint of how to raise my daughters because I grew up um, being hit, um, being beaten being beaten down. So I did not know um, any other way, but I learned in these rooms by all of you and my first sponsor, how to sit on my hands. Um, my first sponsor telling me, this is what you have to do. My first sponsor was a school teacher. Uh, I am still very good friends with her. Serenity. I get up in the morning before I put my feet on the floor. The first thing I do is I open my eyes and I say, thank you dear God that my eyes work. Many of you know I have multiple sclerosis. I've lost my vision twice since I've been diagnosed. Actually now three times I've lost my vision in my left eye. <clears throat> and uh, blessed today that there are researchers out there and there are scientists out there and there are doctors out there that thank you, God, that I can see. I have no peripheral vision. So any of you that know me, you want to give me the fingers, make sure you stay on my left side. But today I have, um, I'm blessed today that um, I don't have to do injections. I just take a pill um, and that I <clears throat> can see. Um, blessed today that I say my prayers before I get out of bed and then I can put my feet on the floor and I can get up and walk. Many of you know I was using a walker and I was using a cane many years ago. This program has given me the strength to go on and say, you can do this. Um, prayer has gotten me through much of it. Abstinence um, has made me realize that during this pandemic, that I have been able to uh, get to maintenance. <laughs> there are a lot of people that gained a lot of weight during maintenance. I lost about 65 pounds during maintenance um, and did my maintenance questions and stepped up in maintenance. And um, that has given me peace of mind. Um, about... <clears throat> Six years ago, I realized there was something going on and I had to get outside help. And I went through PTSD therapy. And through that PTSD therapy, it gave me promise number four, which was peace. It gave me peace of mind. It made me realize um, that I needed something more. <clears throat> but it gave me the peace um, that today... I can do self-talk. <clears throat> I was away um, 
during Canadian Thanksgiving, I was up in Canada. And on the way home, stopped in a restaurant. And there was something in the restaurant that I wanted on the menu. Now, there was nobody there. I could have eaten whatever the hell I wanted. But self-talk. And that was part of the PTSD was my self-talk. Treating myself well. And I wanted, am I allowed to say food? Yes, but please don't be descriptive. Oh, no, not at all. I wanted the fried chicken on the menu and the baked haddock. I know there's somebody in here that hates fish, but the baked haddock said to me, okay. And my head said to me, Laura, eat the damn baked haddock and shut the hell up. And that's what I ordered. I had the baked haddock. I ate it. It was good. And the hell with the other stuff. And, um, And that's what these promises has given me choice, knowing the serenity, and it gave me peace, knowing that I ate what I was supposed to eat and didn't have to worry about what I was going to have to do, go back to my room, put my head down and say, oh, crap, now you feel like a piece of shit because you ate the wrong thing. I don't have to do that today. I ate the right thing. I nourished myself with what I was supposed to eat, not what I wanted to eat. And that was okay. And I laugh every time I hear promise, the the fifth promise, you know, no matter how far down the scale I've gone. Yeah, you know what? That's an AA thing, but I always laugh. No matter how far down the scale I have gone, we'll see our experience can benefit others. And um, I do volunteer work. And um, most of the people that I help are children but most of their parents are drug addicts, the majority. And the majority of them don't want help. But there's one particular mother that has wanted help. And I see how far down the scale or how far she has come up in life and helped her children. And that promise has uh, made me feel alive and proud and proud to see what she has accomplished in the past um, four years. It's, it has been absolutely amazing. So um, that promise has given me hope. <clears throat> um, the feeling of uselessness and self-pity. Knowing um, the work that I do um, in OA, um, I don't. I moved from Region Six, and now I live in Region Eight. But they don't want you have to be part of intergroup here, and they don't want to be bothered with intergroup here. So I'm back in Region Six because of the pandemic, um, and working with Nassau County intergroup, um, and loving to be part of all of you working with the workshop committee, uh, working with Nassau County Intergroup, um, working with Region 6, um, working with the convention committee. um, And I don't feel useless, you know. um, And the self-pity, I had that self-pity when I was 409 pounds. Um, I had that self-pity and uselessness when I was working. Um, 
lose in interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Definitely did that. Um, during the years um, in program, I definitely have, you know, on, on the group level, uh, on, the, on the meeting level, on the group level, um, on region level, you know, putting myself out there, um, helping other people, um, sponsoring people. Um, Self-seeking will slip away. Um, giving back to my community has really, really helped me these past, I've been doing this now a little bit, I can't believe it's almost four years already that I'm doing this. And um, it has just been, sometimes it, it can be heart-wrenching, but to see the, um, the children, the children thriving that I have been working with has been an absolute joy for me. <clears throat> I had to step away from the convention yesterday because I had to go see um, three of the kids that I'm working with because I have to go to court on Wednesday and I had to do, I had two big court reports to do um, for court that I have to be in on Wednesday and to see, um, and I had to do a surprise visit at the father's house yesterday. And when these three kids saw me, um, you know, I met them during pandemic on a video, just like I'm seeing you guys. And then when I was allowed to see them in person, just that they feel safe with me, like I feel safe with you. Um, and knowing that safe, that I feel with you guys with anonymity, they don't know what anonymity is, but they know what it is to feel safe and they feel safe with me. That to me, <clears throat> um, that's immeasurable. To me, that's just an immeasurable thing. Um, my whole attitude and my outlook on life has absolutely changed since I'm in program. Five minutes, Laura. Okay, thank you. Um, when I was working, um, I had um, gone for a job promotion and um, and they, they thought it was because um, I got involved with the union. I was union secretary. And that's why my attitude changed. And I looked at them and I said, no, they paid for my stay in the hospital. And I said, no, that's not why. And I was honest with them. And I said, I'm in a 12 step program and you guys paid for it. And I have to prove to you that I was worthy of that stay in that hospital. And that's why I'm here to get that promotion. And I got it. <clears throat> but I also got it because they saw the change in me. And I also went with a red suit with red heels and I looked great. <laughs> um, I'm going to intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle me. I stand up for myself in court and I stand up for myself for the kids that I feel deserve what they want. And I am the eyes and the ears for that judge that stands up in court and what I see, what happens with these children. I know I'm talking a lot about the kids, but you know what? That's all part of the 12 step. And I'm, and I know God put me in their lives 
to do the next best right thing. And that's part of the, the 12 promise. And I know God has a, has a purpose for me today. And that OA is my vessel. Um, and that I'm abstinent today so that I can stay abstinent because of these rooms, because there's more work for me to do in my life. And I know God has definitely been a major part of this for me because I'm not done yet. And God's not done with me yet. And um, he's definitely doing for me what I could not do for myself. And I just am thankful for that today. And thank you all of you for sitting here and listening to me. Thank you very much for letting me share today. Debbie? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so absorbed in what people are saying. I, I got, I'm sorry. Okay. We will now open the floor for, oh, no, not yet. We will now open the floor for questions. Please address your questions to the, mo to the moderator. We will read them to the speakers. Can the timer please allow two minutes for each answer? Um, I don't see the question and answer box. They're going to chat. They're going to send okay. them to okay. the chat. Okay, we're going to put them in the chat box. Thank you. To Debbie. To me. Correct. I'm not seeing any questions. If there are no questions, we can open the floor for two-minute shares. Can the host please open the chat? If you share, please use your raised hands function found under reactions. If you need hopes, you can chat with the host. If you're using a phone, please press star nine. When it is your turn to speak, the moderator will call on you and you will be prompted to unmute. Please select the unmute but button. The timer will signal you when your time is up. Please tell us who you are, where you are from, and how long you have been in OA. Please remember that our traditions state that OA has no opinion on outside issues. Some of those, some of those outside issues are politics, religion, diets, treatment center, non-OA approved literature, and other 12-step fellowships. Please avoid these issues in your share. Please speak to, speak to the topic, which is the promises. The meeting is now open for sharing. Uh, Debbie, we do have a question that came to me okay. instead of you. Can I read it? Please do. Uh, both speakers, it's for both speakers. <laughs> Can you talk more about the promise of intuitively knowing how to handle situations that used to baffle us? Good one. Uh, it's Linda still. Um, making a decision. And, and this is 
really interesting because I can remember pre-OA not being able to make a decision about anything. I was afraid. I was frozen. And making a decision about something to purchase, um, say a big item like a car, making a decision about a job, making a decision about um, what to do in a specific situation. Um, and specifically when I, when I had trouble with my abstinence, I was having trouble with my teenage daughter. Um, she is now 52, but at the time she was 15. And I needed help and with, because I had no idea what to do. And I would, I would get all these different suggestions and I couldn't invoke any of them. And I was in program. I could not make a decision on what was the right move to go to do. And I became, I have a 36 year old granddaughter. So she, her first child she had when she was 16. So basically in two, in, in today's world, I know that the serenity prayer says basically do what you can and then turn the rest over to God. And I didn't get that. So I do what I can and I turn the rest over to God. And then usually I don't do anything more. It just works itself out. And intuitively, um, basically, I can see the right way to go, the right way to do things. I'm currently chair of my intergroup and I've had to make a few decisions there. And I Hi, just, Linda. no, thank you. I just know what to do. So it's best I can do. Laura, would you like to answer that? You're on mute, Laura. Um, I always turn it over to God. If, if there's something that really baffles me, uh, I'll write on it. I'll write on it. I'll pray on it. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll talk to my sponsor about it. Or I'll share it. With, with people that I trust. Thank you. We do have a question. Can the please, speakers please share on the process of rebuilding relationships with family members, your family of origin? Please. Go ahead. <clears throat> um, about five years ago, and you'll all get a kick out of this one, um, my sister was on the phone with me and started scream, screaming at me about something. And I said, oh, listen, I need to say something. And I did not scream back. I said, you need to realize something. You're no better than me. You're no less than me. We're equal. And she said to me, oh, that must be the new thing you learned in OA. And I said, and I had to take a deep breath. And I said, I really need to hang up right now. And I did. <clears throat> and that was like October, November, something like that. And we really did not talk for quite a while. And her, her birthday was that August. And I sent her, it was her 50th birthday. And I sent her, no, it was her 60th birthday. And I sent her a card and I sent her a gift. And I figured whatever it was, it was. And she called me. And it was like nothing ever happened. And 
Um, what I learned in program is who's the adult in this situation? Put the big girl panties on and let's go. And that's what I did. We talk. Um, I don't discuss what happened. I don't point fingers because that's not what I, that's not what I learned in these rooms. I do what I need to do. I take care of myself, but I don't point fingers. Thank you. Thank you. Linda? So oh, my relationship with my mother was the most difficult one. And in all honesty, I didn't do anything except work my program. And I had a sponsor. I did not have sponsees until I was 25 years in OA. I had nothing to offer them at that point is how I see it now. But that's not what I thought at the time. But I started to change. I started to be less confrontational less argumentative, less demanding of her attention, less um, uh, being right, then I also started to be reliable and dependable. So when I first left my husband, my mother would never look after my kids un unless it was a work function. When I, when I was in a way, if I was going to a retreat, my mother would look after my kids for me because their father, uh, if it was to help me out, wouldn't do anything. So basically, I changed, and then everybody changed because I was different. And there was no magic to this. I had to do the hard work. I had to do my inventory, and I've done multiple inventories. I had to give it away. I had to learn to work with others, which is why I go always back to service. Doesn't mean I did service perfectly, and I still don't do it perfectly. But if I can work with others, I can learn to be a better person. Thank you. Thank you. I don't have any other questions. If someone would like to share, please raise your hand. Marlene. Thank you, Debbie. Uh, I would just like to say thank you very much to Linda and Laura for sharing their experience, strength, and hope to us all today. It was very inspiring and um, I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Would anyone else like to share? Natalie. Hi everyone. My name is Natalie. I'm a compulsive eater, bulimic and compulsive exerciser. Um, I'm so, I'm so grateful to be at this meeting. Um, I am going to take my share time to kind of out myself that um, I am stalling my step nine and, um, and procrastinating. And it's, I was talking to my sponsor just the other day and I was telling her about it and, um, why I was feeling so like unwell <laughs> or like unhinged recently. And she's like, well, you know, you are, you are, you know, self-proclaimed stalling on a step that is, so big on the promises like after step nine is like when all you know it's like the turning point promises and all that and I already do feel that a lot of the promises in the big book have come true for me and I can't believe it which is funny then why like if I know that it's true why would I be wanting to stall a, such an actionable step that like I know will will do only good things for me out of no fear procrastination whatever so I'm really grateful to hear this um hear these 
the speakers today and um, it's really giving me hope and kind of courage to say I need to be here and I need to continue the steps Um, especially knowing that repairing relationships comes down to working the program and learning about myself and that's working the program is like the action that you're that is supposed to be taken so I I'm really grateful to hear it and to know that it works for other people and um, because the whole thing about the program for me is I I'll do whatever other people tell me to do still because I don't know what's going on thanks so much pass I'm going to call on Anita next and I'm going to ask Anita and everyone else who shares to please talk a little slower. Michael is trying desperately to do all of this at the speed, which we, we are just talking way too fast. Michael, thank you for your service and just do the best you can now. Go ahead. Anita. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, speakers and all doing service. Um, my comment is that um, what I learned in this relationship business, uh, particularly applied to my relationship with my son. And the, what happened was I found that I had to let him go. I did not know I was clinging. And um, I know that that smothers people. Now I realize the more I wanted him close, the more he rebelled and to learn this, let him go, let him go, turn him over, turn him over to your God and his God, let him get to know uh, the rest of the world. And it did work out that way. It's scary though. And if I hadn't learned that in over, oh, I've been in since 1978 and I only would say that I'm recovered since February 4th, um, 2014. But I never would have learned this anywhere else. And that would have meant I never would have met my grandsons, beautiful boys. And uh, I'm just grateful. Uh, There's nothing else I've ever done. Taken a course, got a master's. That was like nothing. This is the, this is the way to learn to live and I pass. Thank you very much. Next we have Sharon. Good morning, I'm Sharon, a food addict and compulsive overeater. And when I first got into program and I heard the promises, I truly believe that would work for you but it wouldn't work for low life me. And throughout the years they have come true. But recently um, my sponsor gave me a chart and it's the, I think it's page 52 of the big book, the bedevilments versus the promises. And I'm writing on each one, you know, what it was like, how I was before the promises and how it's changed. And there's a little arrow that points to each column because sometimes I revert back to the bedevilment, but that's just digging deeper for me, um, looking at the promises. Thank you. Thank you. We have time for one more slow share. Come on. 
All right. Um, Gail. Hi. Good, good morning, everyone. Gail. <clears throat> I've been listening to about we talk about the promises come true. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. Just wanted to share from me <clears throat> the promises is about today in this minute. I'm comfortable with my food, and um, that wasn't the case when I came into OA. Um, I went through a lot of drama, distress. So I was so ill from, from compulsively eating food and hurting my body that I could hardly even eat food at one point. Um, but I'm comfortable today. And when my food is sane, my whole day is sane. I am my multiple 12-step oh, programs, but every time I talk on those programs about the big picture of life, I say, it all starts with OA. I have to have my food straight before I do all these other things. Um, so I guess when, it, when we share about the promises, I wanted to share that, to share my, my part of what promises mean to me. I started in OA in 2008, and I've been trudging the road of happy test destiny <laughs> through the steps. Um, and I just wanted to kind of put my share out and say, um, yeah, this program saving my life. It continues to save my life. I continue to be diligent. Um, and uh, that's my share. Thanks. Thank you very much. All right, if nobody else wants to share, we're going to end this meeting and then we have a 15 minute break before we do our end keynote speaker and a closing of the convention over in the or across the hall in the web webinar room. So this will give everyone a chance to take a red, quick rest and regroup and meet over there. I'd like to thank the people, Laura and Linda, for sharing your experience, strength and hope. And Michael, please, thank you so very much for all your service and all our interpreters. And thank you, every service person in here who has been doing this service all weekend. I'd like us to take a deep breath in, let it out. If nobody has told you yet today, they love you. God loves you. And so do I. Let us end with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thy will not mine be done. You don't Thank have you to go home, but you can stay here. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. I'll see you across the hall. Thank you. See you across the hall. <laughs>